morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is joining us on this Tuesday. Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King, is in the building. And today's a very special day because we got my friend NFT Tones joining us on this Tuesday to break down all the coolest news revolving around Ripple. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple is making waves throughout the financial industry allowing Ethereum smart contracts to be XRPL compatible as NFTs are set to launch in the coming weeks, bringing over $250 million to the XRPL. Time Magazine is programming the masses, showing the baby boomers that cryptocurrency is here to stay. While Walmart CTO states the landscape has changed for investors, highlighting that crypto adoption is already underway. Kanye West is calling crypto investors revolutionaries of this generation. While exchanges are running out of quant currency, giving us another bullish indicator for this network. And with 2023 only three months away, we remind our listeners why this is the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So no army has me cracking up this morning. You are crazy for bashing the baby boomers. We're not bashing the baby boomers, Johnny. We're just telling them that crypto is here to stay, my friend. But first of all, we're going to start off with you. How are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here, Reto. I'm feeling great as always. First of all, let me just say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And also, we got Andrew Cash on the house. Great to see you, Andrew. And NFT Tones. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Abs, it looks like you're just enjoying that beautiful new house you got. I can't wait to come down there and try out that fireplace. Looks beautiful. I love stone fireplaces. It looks fantastic. Another beautiful day in the Matrix, my friends. Andrew <laughs> Cashflow with so yeah. much news on the horizon. I'm interested to hear what's on your mind. But first, thanks for being here. And how are you feeling, Cashflow? Hey, good morning, everybody, and good afternoon for the for the rest of the world, at least here in the Netherlands. Yeah, I'm doing great. I was at a crypto event, actually, the whole weekend, last uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday as a, as a volunteer, and did a lot of stuff, but uh, learned a lot, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ready for the show, and uh, happy to be here again. NFT Tones, we got $250 million coming to the XRPL, and as our NFT expert, is that exciting to you? Hell yeah, it's exciting. And good morning, Warriors. How's everyone doing? I'm excited to be here. And I cannot be more excited to see the XRP get $250 million to come in for everything that it has. It's exciting. And I want to give a shout out to Selman G this morning. Selman, I hope you put in a requirement for some of that creator money because $250 million, some should definitely be going to collective. But we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. We're at nine, 1,980 followers. We were going to try to break 2,000 by the end of the year. We may break that by the end of the month. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in extreme fear this morning. Johnny, I feel like you should address it just because we skip past this so often. Still sitting at a 22. Not much to address here, but what are you thinking? Isn't it amazing that we have literally been sitting at a 20 range god 10 to 20 for now i want to say it feels like 17 years but i'm going to say it's been like at least six months right yeah there we go that's what i wanted you to pull up. when did that first start go back to that drop right there where we went down the tech keep going backward yeah right there when did we go down uh, that's the august august that's it 
Uh, well, actually, you can see if you go all the way back to the beginning of this chart, was all the way back in July? So, like, we've been sitting down in this kind of weird 10 to 20 zone for quite some time. And this is probably the accumulation period, right? This is when the big boys, the institutional money, the smart money's all buying up all this stuff. And, you know, we've been, we've been sitting here and we've been DCA in two. And I know our warrior maniacs are DCA in two. I mean, that's about all there really is to say is, I like I say all the time, for any new listeners, I guess I'll say it. When you see the word fear, replace it with the word buy. And when you see the word greed, replace it with the word sell. That's probably the best advice I got. By, by the way, that is not financial advice, and I'm not a financial advisor, but that's how I use that chart. Thank you, Johnny. And it feels like it's been months since you said that, so that's a good reminder for everyone out there. But we're going to get into the total coin market cap because we're sitting at $927 billion this morning. Bitcoin is at 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 19,900, sorry, 19,400 this morning. Ethereum is 1300 XRP is $0.46. Cents. Cardano is $0.36. Cents. And Cardano's been taking a major hit. This bear market has not been kind to this project. We're going to break down some bullish sentiments surrounding ADA later in the episode. We've got Chainlink at $7. Kronos at $0.10. Cents. Quant is $199. And Algorand is $0.31. Cents. I'd love to hear from Andrew Cashflow. We're going to dive into some Ripple XRP news. So forget about that currency for about five minutes, Cashflow. What are some of the other projects that you're watching this morning? And how do you feel about Quant? sitting at $200, up 25% on the seven-day, despite this bear market. I love Quant. I got. I, I must be really uh, honest. I got the tip from Johnny and, 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 and Coach JV. So I, I bought it, and I bought more when it went down. I just missed the bottom on a couple of cents. But yesterday, you know what? I took 20% of my holdings. I took profit. And nice. I have my next exit target already. So I always say, take profit when something goes up. And you know, it gets a lot of sentimental hype. But take profits. And or if you don't in there, be in there, don't buy it with, with, with when it goes so much up. Just wait will, till it will come back again. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's the system. You, buy, you sell if something goes up and you buy if something goes down. And that exactly uh, also connects with uh, with uh, with the fear is buy and sell uh, is uh, is greed. Thank you. And NFT tones. Any quick remarks? What are some of the things that you're watching this morning? I know Gala had some pretty exciting updates. What's on your mind? Well, besides that, Spider Tanks is launching on October 31st. I also saw that Konami is actually hiring. Konami, the Japanese gaming giant, is actually hiring. For uh, Web3 experiences, and I feel like this is really groundbreaking news and could really escalate any any kind of partnership that they make, I feel like is really kind of huge, and I feel like this is kind of groundbreaking. So I feel like this is really, really huge for Metaverse and NFTs, and I think we're going to start to see more gaming giants and more people actually come into this space more than ever now. Johnny Crypto, we're about to talk about how Ethereum and XRPL are combining forces to get the best of both worlds. But before we do that, we get 170 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're showing you a tweet from Blockchain Bracker breaking down how XRPL is about to have NFTs launched on their network. And before we get into the smart contract news, Johnny and NFT Tones, what do you think about this? We're almost certain that NFTs are going to be coming to the XRPL. And it's so funny because, as you said, XRP NFL tease. Look who just popped in the room. There's our good girl, our friend of the family, XRP Jenna, who's been all over the XRP 
uh, LS launch. In fact, I saw her, uh, a TikTok from her last night about it. So go watch that. But yes, I, no, oops, sorry about that. So certainly this is exciting news. Whoa, what the hell is going on? This is exciting news here on the XRP Ledger. You know, I, I like whenever you can continue to bring new use cases to, to anything, right? Because it drives that up. And by the way, we saw Coach JV in the room. I just want to say back to him, we love you just as much. You know, no words to, to say that. But yes, the the this is just really, really, really exciting times for crypto as a whole. But more importantly, for XRP as it kind of now. Remember, this thing started out as a cross-border payment system. And now we're talking about it as NFTs. The real question is, as Mark Yusko says, by the way, Yusko will be on the show tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm so excited. The real question is, well, the question's better than the answer. What will XRP do next? I can't wait to see what other use cases Ripple comes up with. NFT Tones, before we get into some more topics, I got to hear your opinion on this. For the first time ever, it's looking like on October 31st, NFTs could be added to the XRPL, and that's exciting for everyone invested in this project. But as an NFT specialist, I'm interested to hear what this means to you. Will XRP inevitably be a competitor to Ethereum, and why would anybody not mint on the XRPL? Well, think about the costs. The costs are so much, and the costs are so much cheaper than Ethereum. It, it's like groundbreaking. It's crazy, and I feel like it's just this is going to help a lot of people actually understand how NFTs work because people don't realize that non fungible tokens are they're not. It's not just. It's more than just data. It's data that's stored and it represents something so it's really really interesting to see how people will get into this space and how people will no doubt get these tokens right and use them for redeemables or other stuff and i think it's going to be huge because more and more people will start to use these nfts right for not just video games they'll start to use them and for like redeemables so on the wax blockchain for example but i think we'll start to see it more come to other blockchains because it's so fast and cheap on xrp and it seems like there's really almost no competitors when it comes to ethereum but as xrpl and more of these blockchains begin to be nft compatible i think ethereum's really going to get pushed out of this market and we always criticize solana but solana has one of the more promising nft platforms and that's pretty exciting we get 193 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, I am coming to you on this topic as Time Magazine put cryptocurrency on the cover of their magazine in August. I'd love to hear what it means to you. We know this age demographic, and that's why we shouted out the boomers before the show. Time Magazine is made for the baby boomers. So the fact that they put cryptocurrency on the cover, I think it could be validation for a lot of people out there. What does it mean to you, Cashflow? Um, this actually means that uh, you see more and more that people should get used to the term cryptocurrency, get used to uh, to wallets. And actually for younger people that are not used at all, for example, at least here in the Netherlands, they all have their money on their mobile phone in a wallet, especially uh, uh, on a bank. But that for them, the step is not big at all to go from um, uh, fiat money in, in a bank wallet on your mobile phone to a cryptocurrency wallet also on your mobile phone so for them it's it's pretty normal but if you see time magazine uh, printing cryptocurrency we have a whole way to go with yeah with our seniors let's say and our seniors in in, in the whole world yeah they have they pull, pull the, 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 the yeah, they have the, everything to say about the money system they also need to be indoctrinated and time magazine is is doing this for us so 
I'm pretty happy. The more we see about cryptocurrency, the more people are going to believe it because it's simple. The human mind starts to believe if you tell over and over again the same story, the human mind will start to believe it is true. If it is true or not, it doesn't matter. It is how the human mind works. But I believe cryptocurrency is true. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Baby boomers, they're being programmed to accept cryptocurrency. And this is pretty exciting because we know one-seventh percent. The baby boomers hold $17 trillion, which is one-seventh of the total global wealth. Eventually, that money is going to move into this market, and this could be the beginning of that shift. What are you looking at when you see this cover, Johnny? Oh, man. You know, first, I get excited when I see this, right? Time reaches for many, many, many people. As Andrew said, um, people are uh, fickle, right? So people need to be told what to do, and they need to be told many times and from different sources they trust. So when you've got Visa telling you it's okay and you've got Walmart telling you we're going to be using crypto and you know, you've got the good morning crypto show telling you to use, I'm just kidding. But when you've got time telling you to use crypto, right? Although the good morning crypto show is going to be as big as time. But when you've got all these sources around you continuously pounding you, telling you that crypto is real. Ab, <laughs> somebody said you're in Rao Paul's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> you guys should see his rear porch that I'm on back here. It's fantastic. The view's unbelievable in this new house. But what's important is when you have all these different sources telling you it's real, as Andrew said, like there's this old saying, this, if you tell a lie long enough, it becomes a truth. And I'm not saying crypto's a lie. That's not the point. The point is, if you hear something enough times, you begin to believe it. And here's proof. Last week, Last week, I've got a lot of friends that have been like bashing me, right? You know how your close buddies are like, ah, you're nuts. Crypto's fake. Crypto's a scam. Crypto's, I got people working Wall Street. I got some smart friends. They're like, crypto's a garbage scam. You should be crazy. This was like, you know, the past year or two years I've been hearing that. All of a sudden, last week, I get a call from a couple guys. Hey, by the way, you know that crypto thing you're in? What, what, what were those ticker symbols you were in? All of a sudden, they're interested now. All of a sudden, they want to know about it. They want to they know which ones they should be buying. So we went from, Crypto's a scam. You're nuts, Johnny. To hey, can you tell me what you're buying now? Because I want to get into that right there is the sign that people are waking up. Crypto's coming and we're in it so goddamn early. It feels late, but damn, it's a beautiful thing. Bank of America recently did a survey, Johnny, and they found that most retail investors who want to get involved in the crypto market aren't willing to do so unless they're able to do it through their banks and through financial institutions. When that day comes, this market is going to expand rapidly. And I think that could come as quickly as 2025. But we got another update for our listeners. As Charles Hoskinson said, people keep asking, why isn't the cryptocurrency space doing a better job at marketing? The answer is that every bank in America does a pretty good job at doing it for us. Kanye West is wearing a Satoshi Nakamoto hat after being kicked out of his bank account by JP Morgan. This is more positive news for crypto investors around the planet. But NFT Tones, I'd love to hear from you because you are in a younger age demographic. What does this mean to you? And do you think it's a big deal that Kanye West is now promoting cryptocurrency, whether it's on the Joe Rogan experience or other podcasts all around the world? Yo, I think this is huge. I don't think people realize the actual the actual reach that Kanye has. And I feel like this is going to be really big considering the fact he was kicked out of his bank account. I feel like people are going to start to realize that they're going to want to find a way to protect their funds and their money. So they're going to find ways to go decentralized, which is cryptocurrencies. I feel like people are going to find the safest ways to actually invest. And I feel like Bitcoin could be one of the key players here. Remember, not financial advice, always do your own research. But I definitely feel like this is really, really big. And I feel like 
you definitely want to pay attention to what Kanye West is doing because depending on what he does, a lot of other people might follow him as well. Andrew Castle, and I think this is so important because the more powerful influencers we get accepting this currency and accepting these currencies, I actually think this is a more important point. People often talk about Bitcoin when they're referring to the entire cryptocurrency market. So we were getting a lot of questions yesterday about why we think Kanye West is promoting Bitcoin. I think it's because most for retail investors, Bitcoin is synonymous with cryptocurrency. So it's exciting to see Kanye promoting cryptocurrency as a whole. But what does it mean to you, Andrew, that more of these prominent global figures and influencers are backing cryptocurrency and turning anti-bank, whether it's Kanye West, Andrew Tate, the list goes on and on. Yeah, it is fantastic. I mean, in, you know, I've already say a lot of times, it is unavoidable crypto because it's such an efficient way to, to move stuff back and forth without any, any management. And I was just thinking about with, with the adoption of crypto and actually by, by, by the adoption of every ID. First, if people don't know it, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and in the end, you win. And, and that, that is the, always the same process. And if you know that is the process, then you can anticipate on that process. So if they ignore you, you know, a lot of people are still ignoring it. Just continue. If they laugh at you, ignore it. You know, just continue. If they fight you, try to go around it. You see what came west. They fight him with kicking him out of his bank account. I mean, why? And people are always creative to find alternative ways to, 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 to put their money in. In the past, it was in gold and silver. And now we have a third way, which is, which is cryptocurrencies. And, and, and I love it, you know, and, and you know, um, I know for sure in 10 years, everybody will have a cryptocurrency wallet on his mobile phone and everybody will know what is cryptocurrencies, you know, and there will be yeah. a whole system around with, with, uh, with all and off ramps that it will be very easy to use. And I'm sure people don't even know anymore that they are using cryptocurrencies. But, exactly. You know, there is so much possibilities with, with, with micro payments and with, with other, other payments and, and, and exchanging uh, stuff between games. And there, there is such a whole new world. Yeah, I can, I can only be excited. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. We're having Mark Yusko on the show tomorrow, and any of our listeners who watched our previous interview knows that in, he called for the bottom of the market in June of 2022, and the RSI we're showing our listeners now is indicating exactly that. We're going to be asking Mark Yusko about what he predicts for the market because we know he's very bullish on Bitcoin and Ethereum, but we're going to diagnose this Bitcoin price chart right now and say this thing is finally turning bullish. Johnny, some quick remarks on this price chart, and then we're going to dive into some more news articles for today. Uh, mute button, Roto. I think Johnny's having trouble with his microphone. Andrew Cashflow, just quickly address this price chart that we're showing our listeners here. We got the RSI historically low. Typically, right, how about right now? Can you hear me? Yep, we got no, you, Roto. Uh, Go yeah. ahead, jump I right in. New, I got a new microphone. I didn't know I had a mute button over there. Sorry about that, guys. I think what's important, and we definitely got to show this tomorrow. For we got to, we have to. Credit to Mark Yusko. When everybody else was saying that the market was going to keep going down, he's like, nah, we bought him now. That guy, I love that guy. I can't wait to have him on tomorrow. We definitely have to show this chart when he's here tomorrow. But he was so spot on. And again, we are just sitting here. And I'll tell you what, Bitcoin is doing a damn good job holding up. I and mean, we had some really, really bad news out there, especially with CPI last week. And uh, for the past two months, there's been bad. And it just seems like there's a floor around that. 
18, 19. I mean, if we lose it, I think we're going to 12. But yeah, I think you're I think he's right. Well, we'll have to see. I still think November is gonna be the bottom. Now, I'm not saying it's gonna be lower. I don't know. I just think that's when we're gonna bottom out after the elections, abs. They'll let all the bad news out after the election. And then we'll see where we bottom out. And I'll tell you what, if we hold up around 18, 19, I'm telling you, not only will I be buying more there. I do. I will. Then I'll be. A, I'm a 90% believer. We're at the bottom, but I'll be a 100% believer after we get through November and December. Awesome, Roto. I want to remind our listeners the way that you lose during a bull market is you don't take any profits, but the way you lose during a bear market is you wait for entry points that never get right. reached. We're not financial advisors, not financial advice, but one of the things you can do to navigate during a bear market is set price targets and dollar cost average into these projects while they're going down during a bear market. Now, anybody who's a new investor, it may sound counterintuitive because you're thinking, if this project's going to get to $60, this is quant as an example, and we're sitting at 85, why wouldn't I wait for 60? Because there's never certainty that we're going to reach those lower levels. But we got 242 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're yet to get into the most interesting news for today. And of course, that has to do with Ripple XRP. So we're going to start off with a Brad Garlinghouse clip stating that the financial industry is about to change forever. We're going to let the short clip play and get comments from the group. Here we go. So I think that we should all expect, and frankly, we should call upon our elected officials to put pressure on the SEC. Let's make clear rules. I, I, the vast majority of people in this room, certainly, and that we all work in crypto, we want to follow the rules of the road, but you got to be clear about what the rules of the road are. And a, a, as you pointed out, a citrus, a Supreme Court case about a citrus grove in Florida from, I think it was 1938. I'm not sure of the year. Sorry. 1948? 1946. Yeah, anyway, somebody I'm sure you hear. Yeah, it was a while ago. I, you know, trying to apply that here is tricky. And so like, let's do the work. Uh, the good news is there is legislation that is, has some uh, momentum. I think Chair Benham this morning from the CFTC had some very, I think, sage thoughts on, on this point. And uh, I think that the trend line looks positive. I love how he shouted out the CFTC there because anybody who studies this market knows the CFTC is fighting for control of Bitcoin and Ethereum. And depending what happens with this lawsuit, XRP could fall into that class. But Johnny, I want to focus on a couple of things here. The first thing is that we're dealing with litigation that was created in the 1930s. Forget about cryptocurrency. The internet wasn't even a concept at the time. And then we really created our financial system in 1971. This is the time where we're about to upgrade and turn into internet money, right? We have no currency that can be transferred over the internet right now. We're using dollars, and that's why it takes seven days to settle transactions. But Brad Garlinghouse is hinting that's about to change forever. What does it mean to you, Roto? We're dealing with a system that when these laws were written, this was the best thing. See this right here? This is called a notebook, okay? Most of you don't even know what it is no more. This is how we kept track of stuff, right? Right? And so we're dealing with something... We're dealing with something that was, you know, we're dealing <laughs> with rules, like Brad said, that make no sense and don't apply to today's technology. And I just literally launched a TikTok, released a TikTok last night. Go check it out, where we talk about the CTFC commissioner, uh, Goldsmith, I think was her name. And she's leading the charge on getting clarity. She wants to put in rules and define definitions for, you know, the type of different investors in this space. And she knows that this is coming. Right. To be able to help the small retailer versus the institutional retailer, to be able to put clear guidelines as 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 he just said, we're driving on the road. We need to know the we need to know the rules. Tell us the rules. Somebody just tell us the damn rules. And I think the CTFC wants to do that. Uh there's there's measures in Congress right now or bills being passed around that would give them good, you know, a good amount of control. However, it does sound like it's still gonna always teeter-totter between the both offices. 
But in the article, the most important part, I don't mean to run it on, but I just want to say this. In the article, they talked about creating a third group that would actually kind of, uh, what's the word? Regulate, monitor, control, whatever you want to call it, this, this crypto space. And that's what found, I found so exciting because the CTFC really doesn't know how to handle it. The SEC doesn't know how to handle it. It'd be good if there's a group that's focused literally for this with smart people on it who know how to do that. And, uh, you know, hey, if you're looking for somebody, I'd be happy to be on it. No, I'm just kidding. But to me, that's the most exciting news, Abs, is having that third group come out there and regulate the space. So let's see what happens. And something important that happened with Ripple and the CFTC was just a few months ago, one of the sitting chair chairwomen at the CFTC met with Brad Garlinghouse in San Francisco at the Ripple offices, then only three or four days later flew over to London to meet with the Bank of England and discuss cryptocurrency and the future of central bank digital currencies. And another reminder is that Ripple is one of the only blockchain companies working with the Digital Pound Foundation to create a central bank digital currency. So there's so many ties here. And we can talk about Quant Network a little bit later, but I'd love to get some thoughts from Andrew Cashflow. Brad Garlinghouse the past few weeks has made some very bold statements against the SEC and the way that they're regulating this market. I'm going to take a little different approach here, Cashflow. Why do you think that Ripple and their employees, as well as their lawyers, are coming out and making such bold claims during this time? Uh, sick, sick and tired. Just, just putting uh, the pressure up. I mean, there, there must be an other agenda, you know? The only thing I can think that there are, are other powers that are pushing it back and holding it up just to make sure that uh, that that I think banks will be ready, the the other 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 institutions will be ready. They have to build their own and off ramps because as soon as as something will be regulated, you know, the the the, the private sector will go as an idiot with with building the stuff and. I think the sitting power of the sitting money power, like, like the central banks and the government and so, they will just look, what happened? Everybody passed by. And so I think they are afraid of that. And that's why they, to my opinion, they are just delaying uh, the regulation as much as possible. One, because they sure do not know what, what to do with it. However, the third group, if there is really the will to do it, it's not that difficult, but uh, then you have to fight between the CFTC and the SEC. And, you know, there are so much powers uh, uh, working together and, and against each other. So I think it's just a matter of, uh, yeah, putting putting the pressure up. And then what, yeah, what, uh, what uh, uh, Ripple doing? Yeah, love it. Exactly. And Brad Garlinghouse is complaining because we're dealing with almost 100-year-old regulation that was built before this even existed, but we got 240 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto has got some gems to drop when it comes to this lawsuit. So, Johnny, I'm going to give you the floor. Well, no, I mean, I think at the end of the day, what's important, Brad already said, like, in three months, he expects this thing to end, right, next year, early next year. So, obviously, remember, he's the closest to this. He, he's the guy paying the attorneys. He's understanding what's going on behind the scenes. And if so, if, it, if he's telling you that, I would suspect he knows something, right? Or they know they can see the writing on the wall. They're, you know, remember, the attorneys are talking to each other in, in the courts, and they kind of get a sense of when this thing is going to come to end. I'm just surprised he told the world that because if he's wrong, it's going to look silly. But to me, to me, that's really the key is I think that that's not his background, by the way. That's his new house. Um, but anyway, or actually Ralph Paul's basement. But anyway, 
it's just it's just so exciting because you know we're getting a, a glimpse now of the guy who's you know I guess the main face of this whole lawsuit now in this technology is telling you that hey this thing's coming to an end soon that should get anybody excited who's in this space I see people talking about now DCAing into XRP again not financial advice we're not financial advisors but you know what <laughs> if you are going to DCA and you're probably going to want to do it before the lawsuit ends not after it's going to be a little late at that point so uh yeah it's exciting times abs we all can't wait it feels like we're on the cusp we're getting close and uh i suspect if brad thinks it's going to end in 3 months or he's telling the world that i actually think it's going to end sooner i think wow. he's putting out the further date right it's kind of like, uh, what's it? Uh, under, over deliver, another. Oh, I forgot how it goes, but I think he's setting up a further date, and they're going to come in sooner. Under promise, over deliver. That's it. I think Brad is under promise and over delivered. I think that's just my guess. I could be wrong. And anybody who's studied this market for a while understands that ISO tokens were supposed to come into effect in November of 2022. And we showed you a video of the Swift CEO stating that's exactly what's going to take place. But we're showing a different development here as the Digital Euro Association is tweeting is tweeting about Ripple Swell Conference, which is going to determine the future of banking. So Ripple Swell Global brings together the world's most influential voices across crypto, CBDCs, blockchains, payments, financial services, and economic policy. Join them on November 16th at Magazine London and request your invitation. I already requested mine, and unfortunately, they denied me. So I won't be able to go to this, even though I wasn't going to purchase a ticket. I did think that was funny. But Johnny, I'd love to go back to you before we hear from Cashflow. Ripple is leading this conference, and I think that's what's most important. Ripple is going to be leading the discussion on crypto, CBDCs, blockchains, and economic policy. This is another bullish indicator for this project, but I'd love to hear you say, does this tie into what Swift is doing, the fact that these competitors are emerging at the same time? Yeah, I mean, what's God, I wish that was in the U.S. I would love to go to that. That would be really, really cool. Um, but I, I love the fact that Ripple is, again, leading the charge on this, bringing in institutions, sharing, you know, bringing CBDCs, blockchains, paying all that stuff together. To me, it's always a good sign when you are when when you are leading the charge of bringing something together rather than being a follower hero. So I don't know what's going on in our chat with this FIFA. You know, I don't know if that if that's a scammer. We no, really no, need a moderator. It's a block, it's a Anybody wants to. I'm blocking it. I'm more, I'm Anybody who wants to be a moderator for Good Morning Crypto, reach out to me on Twitter, send me a DM or tweet me, and uh, we'll we'll get that going. If you know if you're a mo- used to being a moderator, we need to get one going there. 100%. But um, but anyway, um, yeah, Abs, this is again wonderful news that that they're pushing pushing this uh, this this event. I wonder if it's going to be just in London or if they're going to take this this on the trip on the on the road on the road. You know, so we'll see where it goes. Thank you, Roto. And uh, Andrew Cashel, I'd love to get some of your thoughts here because the banking system is undoubtedly going through an evolution process. At the same time, Ripple's being sued by the SEC, so I really do think these are conflicting narratives. What does it mean to you that while in the U.S. Ripple's being sued, in London, they're leading the charge when it comes to economic policy around cryptocurrencies? You know, um, uh, Greg is a very smart man. He has so much influence at this moment, actually in the world, because he has so much uh, he talks with so much government. He talks with so much um, um, central banks. So I think he goes there where he can make his points and where he can can make some progress. And you know, and if you are hitting into a wall over and over again in the U.S., just keep on pushing a little bit. But here he can really make steps. And I think it's a, it's an excellent initiative 
However, is it only uh, uh, Ripple and, and Greg who are pu pulling this this up? Because I'm also missing a little bit uh, Michael Saylor or, or other uh, big, uh, big, big, uh, big, big names in the crypto sphere. I would love to see those people work together. I mean, come on, guys, this is a this is a call for you. Work together and and make this thing happen and 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 promote the whole stuff. But um, yeah, well done for uh, for Greg. Thank you. And I'd love to give NFT Tones a chance to comment here. NFT Tones, all the skepticism is lying within the United States. When you look at outside development, whether it's Japan, the UAE, and now Europe, Ripple is taking over. So I'd love to get some thoughts before we dive into our next article. Ripple is taking over, and it's actually huge to see that. And it's going to be huge to see Ripple take over more. It's going to be, it's huge to see where they go next, I think. I, w I want to see them uh, further go more uh i want to see them further expand and it's interesting to see them continue to expand because you don't know where they could go next and it's interesting because the further they go the more successful i think xrp is going to be especially because now that we know the uh the lawsuit could possibly end within the next three months i feel like this is huge news and we'll start to see more and more i think of a price increase as time goes on in these next three months Thank you, Tones. And we got 286 live listeners joining us. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love. Smash that like button. We are going to pause with the XRP content, but only for one article, because I want to show our listeners this tweet from Charles Hoskinson that states Cardano is an open platform that seeks to provide economic identity to the billions of people who lack it by providing decentralized applications to manage identity, value, and governance. Johnny Crypto, you've been a, a spokesperson for the ADA community for almost six months, maybe even a year now. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about Charles' tweet here. He really breaks down the utility coming to this network. We covered an article yesterday that showed the most developers on the planet are building on Cardano. So I'll just let you get your comments, then we'll continue. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> Charles is smart. He set out with a goal to bank the unbanked. And I think that's what he's talking about here is to be able to give, you know, identity to billions who lack it. Right. Which is, again, banking the unbanked. You have a whole, you know, we're spoiled here in the U.S. and in developed countries. You guys don't know. None of us know what it's like. Go to Africa or something. Right. These poor people don't even they don't have a bank. They don't have no way, you know, the, 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 to move the money. Um, and, you know, it's so smart to to be able to help these folks get into the system without getting into this, right? Getting to like a, a free decentralized system that's on, you know, like a non-controlled, if you will, or decentralized versus something that they can't even get into to start with. I, I think it's wonderful what Carlos is, Charles is trying to do. And we know that you're right. There's a good number of developers that are building on the Cardano platform. We know that it's set out there to have scalability and low costs, really to kind of, you know, I don't want to call it the ETH killer, although people say that. I think it's really going to be there up there with ETH, uh, so for me, uh, it's just going to be ETH, ETH is the only thing that could kill ETH at this point. But uh, you will see that, yeah, Cardano's done a good, good thing there and good kudos to him to trying to help people around the world that you know, nobody else is trying to help. So good, good for you, Charles. I hope that you can bank the unbanked. Andrew Castle, one of the largest narratives in the cryptocurrency space today is getting the billions of people around the planet and specifically in Africa, like Johnny mentioned, into the banking system. Cardano is taking initiative on that front. What are some of your thoughts? And then we're going to show our listeners a video of the Walmart CTO breaking down how cryptocurrency is here to stay. Uh, what I was thinking about, I worked for years in the in the mobile telecommunication business, and also we did we did some business in, in Africa. And there, I learned that people didn't have money. You know, they were not able to buy or, or sell stuff from each other. 
But what did they use? What kind of money? Prepaid SIM cards with a particular amount of balance on the card. And then they took the cards and, and in this way they exchanged money. You see how, how big the need is for African countries just to, to get banked. And, and, and yeah, yeah, Charles is, is doing a, a great job uh, that, that, uh, in that case. Yeah. NFT Tones, I'd like to get some of your thoughts. Before we play this video, the Walmart CTO said crypto will become an important part of how consumers transact. And we've broken down how quickly it's going to be to transact your cryptocurrency. In just a couple of years, it's going to be as simple as swiping a credit card. So really quickly, people in your generation, the younger 20-year-olds, how quickly do you think they're willing to adopt this technology? And what does it mean to you, Tones? I think the younger generation is going to be much faster to adopt this than the older generation. And that's because the older generation is much more scared and wary of adopting newer things. And that's understandable. Most people don't like change, but the younger generation can get with change and we've adopted newer technology. We've gone through change. And so that's why I think it'll be much easier for us to adopt this technology than the older people. Thank you, Tones. And with that being said, we're going to show you a video of the CTO stating how crypto is here to stay. If you're enjoying this content, show us some love. Smash that like button. Here we go. Crypto and Walmart's future. It's a great question. I think that there are three major areas of, uh, of disruption. Crypto falls in sort of the, the middle of it. I have talked before about the way in which customers are, are getting inspired and discovering products that is changing. Um, and part of that is going to happen in the metaverse. Part of that is going to happen, uh, you know, on live streams or inside uh, your social media app. Um, so whether it is physical goods or virtual goods, they play a part in terms of what the customer wants. Crypto uh, will become an important part of how customers transact. Um, we want to make sure that we make it as friction-free for, for customers to be able to, to transact and to be able to buy okay. uh, and how they uh, are able to drive value out of it. And that's exactly what I wanted our listeners to hear in the future and maybe before we know it, pretty soon you're going to be able to go into Walmart, Target, many of these mainstream consumers and pay with your cryptocurrency. My question is, NFT Tones, what cryptocurrency would you be willing to sell at Walmart for goods and services? I'm going to give you the floor and then we'll kick it around the group. I would do something that is more or less like a stable coin only because then I don't have to worry about it going up or down because then I know I'm losing potential value. But the other thing is, I don't know if we'll be able to transact with a lot of these coins because with them going up and down, it will kind of make them hard to use in certain scenarios. So it'll be really interesting to see what uh, currencies they actually start to accept at stores and stuff. And I think it'll be interesting, but I think it'll more or less be coins that are stable so that then you don't have to worry about losing the potential upside or potential downside as well. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts here. Walmart is making cryptocurrency payments mainstream. Amazon is in this same narrative, but we covered a video earlier this week speaking about how MasterCard is now working with banks to allow crypto custody. That's pretty exciting, but what do you feel about this Walmart news? There's just more integration everywhere we look. Like I said earlier in the show, and this is one of the things I was talking about, this is the validation. This is what the people need to be told, right? They need to see, oh, Walmart's doing crypto. Amazon's doing crypto. Visa's doing crypto. My cat and dog are using crypto. Everybody's using crypto, right? Once that happens, 
that's when you're going to see it. You know, this, this is just, this adoption is going to continue. But when you have big institutions like this, Walmart coming out saying crypto will be an important part of how consumers transact. Why do you think they're saying that? They're saying it because their customers that they know that they don't want to lose, right? That income. They know that that's going to, that's something that their customers want. They see it coming. Remember these companies, these successful large companies, and you know, the same we do, Marco, we're always looking at trends. We're looking at five years out, right? No, no successful company is looking at what's happening today. No, they're looking five years out. They've been planning for this for a while and they know that crypto is coming and they're going to have it in place. And to Tone's point and to answer your question, you said, which cryptocurrency will you use or would you? It's not going to work that way. You're not, you're not going to get, you're not going to spend. It's probably going to be a stable coin. I can't, the, all these transactions that's going to happen around the world. You can't do it in something that's fluctuating, right? That's why do you think the government, and again, this is all my opinion, so I could be 100% wrong, right? But the point is, why do you think the government is, is regulating stable coins first? Why did they choose stable coin? Because that's going to speed up banking transactions. It's going to make the banks more money. And more importantly, when people transact, nobody transacts with something that fluctuates. A dollar is a dollar. A dollar is a dollar, right? If you if you tried to transact in something that's moving up and down, could you imagine the nightmare of people trying to figure out what they're spending? And then the companies are trying to do accounting to figure out. I mean, when you try to do your taxes right now, isn't it a freaking nightmare? You don't know what the cost of Bitcoin was when you bought it that day. Was it up? Was it down? You know, no. It's going to be a stable I, I, coin. I, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think you don't people will pay with the cryptocurrency they want at that moment. So there will be an app on your phone. I pay with Bitcoin. I pay with XRP. I pay with uh, uh, Ethereum. I pay with whatever shitcoin, tomato coin. And you know, when I want to pay with a cryptocurrency not being a stable coin, that's in a bull market. If it is very high at this moment, then I pay with it. And what will happen behind the screens? Behind the screens, it will immediately be uh, transferred into a stable coin. Well, or yeah, correct. Currency. So, correct. And I think that's just a layer on top of the payment system that people get the flexibility to pay with the coin of their choice. And, and technology is, is perfectly able to, to handle that. Yeah, and, and I guess to, to some extent, I agree with that, Andrew. I, well, I guess that was my point is the fundamental underlining has to be a base stable coin. It has to be. There's no yeah, way around absolutely. They could certainly have an app that says, okay, if you want to buy it with Bitcoin, this is the amount it's going to cost you in Bitcoin. That is a possibility. But I was just suggesting the underlying technology and the transaction that has to happen, it has to be a stable coin. Yeah, I can't there, there must be something stable in the in yes. the need. Exactly. So I think, maybe I think it'll be gold, Maybe it'll be gold because we're about to dive into our it'll next. Never be gold. gold. It'll <laughs> never <laughs> ever ever be. Maybe digital gold abs, but not physical gold. <laughs> Here we go. Our next article is actually about how the gold market could turn digital. And Johnny Crypto, this is pretty exciting news. Here, the World Gold Council wants to tokenize gold to enable more transparent trading. If adopted, this could reduce gold paper trading, which is a tool used to manipulate the gold market. And anybody who's been watching our channel for over a year, our first video we ever did with Coach JV, Johnny, was a video about Basel Three and yeah. how banks, for every solid physical piece of gold in the banking industry, there is a hundred paper slips that are derivatives of that currency. That means for every real piece of gold, there's a fake hundred pieces of paper in our banking system. It just goes to show how manipulated these markets are. Love to get some thoughts from you and Castro. We'll start off with Johnny. 
Yeah, and that's probably why it'll never happen. Because <laughs> think about whoever is manipulating right now, let's just figure out who has control of it. Do you think they're going to give that up? They're, they're, they're going to fight that thing tooth and nail. Well, it's AP Morgan, so you tell uh, me. I, I wasn't going to say it, but you did. But yeah, I highly doubt they're going to give up control of it. But would I love to see that happen? Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Because the things I keep hearing, and I, and I, I know somebody's going to mention Pax G. Pax G is out there already. Um, yeah, there it is. Pax G. I knew it was coming. I own Pax G, by the way, for disclosure. I love it. I love owning gold. And and so to me, that is already happening. A hobby, obviously, not on the large scale where institutions and countries are using it. So it's nowhere near that, right? This is just a kind of buy and hold thing. But the reality here is this, that um, if they did allow that to happen, I'm hearing that the real price of gold would be something like eight, eight to $10,000. So who knows if we see that ever. But that's what I'm hearing the price would be if it was not manipulated. So that would be a very, very interesting day Johnny, if we could get there. Very interesting stat I heard about gold. Guess which community owns the most gold in the United States? And I'm not expecting you to know this, but just throw it Community down. meaning – community meaning, meaning – uh, I don't want to actually say – it's the Amish community. I don't know if that's like no. a religion or – The Amish actually own the most gold in the United States, and that's why they claim they're able to be independent because they have their own monetary system outside of the one that we have with the Federal Reserve. We got 254 live listeners. If you enjoyed that statistic, show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, you do know the most about the derivatives market because I don't know as much as you. So I'm interested to hear your <laughs> thoughts. Is it inevitable that this market becomes tokenized and they turn digital, even though gold is a physical market? Of course, of course. Everything will be tokenized. And and don't, by the way, don't overestimate my knowledge. You know, I'm, I'm just a, a guy from the Netherlands, but uh, you know, Everything will be tokenized. Houses, uh, gold, stocks. I can even, in a big uh, uh, apartment building, I can buy a small piece and just invest in that way and, and also get some money. Even I can, can, can get it as streaming money. There is so much possibilities. And by the way, who owns the most gold? That is the BRICS countries mm -hmm. at this moment. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And they working very hard for a new reserve currency. Even the Saudi Arabia is now willing to, or, or is also cooperating with the BRICS country to, to make deals, how to pay the oil. And this is really threatening for, for the Western world, for, 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 for the euro, for the, for, the, for the dollar. And watch what happens in, 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 yeah, in, in a short time. This will really become serious. And, and U.S. and the Western world will not be happy with it. And there will be more and more tension in the world. So uh, about gold, yeah, gold, I think still gold keep the, will stay the driving factor in the, in the, in the, in, uh, in the currency and in the, in the wealth and in the money economy. So uh, there's still something to happen. Exactly. And any of our listeners who heard about Quant from this show, you can thank the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto himself. And if you look at this news we have, this is an update from yesterday. As KuCoin was telling people their exchange has run out of Quant cryptocurrency. And I use Kraken and they said that their exchange as well is very low on liquidity when it comes to Quant Network and the Quant token. Johnny, you've been following this token for over a year and a half now. and You've been in far before the average investor. Have you ever seen this before? What the heck is going on? The fact that Quant is low on all these exchanges. Well, you know, it's funny. Kudos to you, Abs. You brought up, Abs does great, wonderful um, research work. And you brought up not that long ago that Quant was the most under 
um, liquid, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, had the lowest liquidity out there, right? It was on like 1% liquidity out there. So it's no surprise. And when I went to sell it on, I use BitTrue and Kraken. And when I went to sell it on BitTrue, I was like, whoa, yeah, there was, I mean, there was enough liquidity for what I was trying to sell because I don't have a, as much as I wish I did. But yes, the liquidity numbers were, were not great. And I'm not surprised. And that's partly why it's so easy to see this thing spike up. I mean, to be honest with you, I looked at the chart today. And again, I'm not a financial advisor. I know I should not be saying this, but I don't think the run is over for quant. It doesn't look like it at all. It looked like at first that we could have hit the top, but looking at what the chart is doing right now, I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> quant might still have another, another big pump in it left to go. Hey, Julie, That's the all-time highs. Julie, be fair. Um, it's going up. So let's not motivate the people just to jump into quant at the moment because. Oh, and, and you're right. You know what, Andrew? Like I said, I, I was almost not going to say it, but to me, if you're already in it, you know, would I buy here? Hell no, I wouldn't buy at this point. I think if people are crazy, dollar cost averaging in here. But again, I'm not a financial advisor. You guys do your homework, do what you want. I was buying it, and you all know we should be buying it when it was in the lows, right? When it was in the fear mode, not greed. But right now, it just looks like there's still some more room to go. But you're absolutely right. Do not buy in at this point. You'd be a fool to buy in. We're, we're on the up and up, and this is called FOMO. For all new listeners here, fear of missing out, and this is why people drive in, and you become the liquidity yeah. for the rich guys. So yeah. don't the, do the that. The period to buy was in uh, May and June. That was the period to buy. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and there will become so much more opportunities in the future. So don't FOMO, please don't do it. You know, yes. your your chance will come. Well, so people are asking why I'm selling. I guess people aren't watching the show. I'm not. So the reason why we're selling again, you want it? Oh God, I don't know how to explain. You want to take some profits off the table. You want it? Well, actually, you do whatever the hell you want. But I want to personally. Get, I want to take some profits on the way up because the way markets work, abs, you got that chart again where you showed the price of Bitcoin? Where um, it was go, yes. If you have, one second, I'll pull that up. Yeah, no worries. So, so what you want to do, guys, is these things go up and down, up and down, up and down, right? So if you're a long, there we go. So if you're a long-term hodler, you don't have to do shit. Just hold it forever and you're good. And, you know, five, 10 years from now, you'll be. But if you want to take advantage, so this is for the guys that want to take advantage of these major euphoric pump and dumps and this really isn't the right chart either but when you see like a pump where these things go up three four five or maybe a week very very high and then what do they do they crash back down well those were opportunities and there are certain folks and like me and in the academy where we want to take advantage of those opportunities and take a little profits so we could maybe get our original money out so for example in quant right now i got 75 to 80 percent of my money out so now i'm sitting on house money the rest of the coins i own are free I don't even care no more. They can go up and down and I've still got my original cash back to then do, do something else with it, right? Reinvest it somewhere else. That's what we try to teach here at the 3T Academy. So for all you folks that are wondering, why the hell are these guys selling? We're, first of all, we ain't selling 100%. We're selling maybe 5, 10, 20, 30% to try and recoup our original investment. So then, you know, you can let the rest run. So uh, Andrew, I don't know if you have any other additional builds to that or why we, why we do this. Yeah, you know, when something goes up, you sell when something goes down, you buy. And you know, we teach that uh, over and over in the academy. Uh, soon there will be an, an investment course, an advanced investment course available in the academy where, where, where we exactly teach you how to do that so that you also can get your emotions out. Because investing and, and taking profits or buying with emotions, you are always doing the wrong thing. 
And that's why it's so important to, to switch the emotions off. And uh, what Johnny says, it's correct. You only buy, uh, uh, for example, 10, 15% when it is at this price. And, and then and when it is higher, you buy, you sell again 15 or 20%. And you take very good notes about where am I at my average price? What was my investment? Did I take my investment out already? And then, you know, just park the stuff and don't look at it at all anymore. Or if you really believe in a coin, buy more. If it goes again lower, more down, and you buy buy even more. So then you accumulate. So you really have to think about your strategy, but first study several strategies and don't believe anything what, what other people say. Make your own decisions. That's the most important based on strategies. Thank you, Andrew. And we're going to show our listeners a little XRP update out there because we're going to prove how the SEC was wrong from day one. And I want to shout out to this account at Riz XRP. Any of our listeners who are looking to learn more about the crypto markets, this account is fantastic. One of the best I've ever seen on Twitter. So go follow that account. Amazing information. We're going to let this short clip play from our, our friend, Tony Edward, and then we'll get some comments from the group. Here we go. Uh, if, if I said this uh, the last time I misspoke, we never talked about the Ripple lawsuit. We have talked about the SEC's approach to crypto. So we have talked about that. And, and, and we have different, very different perspectives on that. Um, yeah, look, uh, contrast where we are now with where we were then. Um, during the ICO era, 2017, I can understand how Clayton would, be, would look over the field of ICOs, right? And we have the benefit now of the projects that survive from that era, the legit projects that survived are great. And now are these great projects that have these whole communities around them, right? Sure. But those were the diamonds in the rough back then. And it was in 2017, there was a lot of rough. There was a lot of junk. Yeah. And so he kind of looked over the field and didn't know probably much about the diamonds that have emerged from that, that had gone ICO, like Ethereum. Um, I'd love to pause it there and get some comments from Tones. The point that he's making is that when the SEC sued XRP, they were already decentralized. They already had a community totally separate of the securities narrative. And that's the point he's making here. Nothing has changed on that front. And the SEC, they don't really have an argument. They're trying to say that that doesn't really matter, that the ICO took place before the community was established. But at the end of the day, one thing we know is that XRP has clear utility for this currency. And that in and of itself makes it a non-security. It means it doesn't comply with the Howey test, but NFT Tones, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. It really makes you me question why the SEC chose to uh, go after XRP knowing this. And it really, it, it kind of is really kind of puzzling because like if they could have gone after any other currency, they could have had a better chance of actually giving it more of a chance of uh, saying it's not a, basically calling it a, uh, Oh God! What is the word I'm thinking of right now? I can't remember what what we, we pumping dump commodity. Oh yeah, right. So uh, basically, I I really think that this is going to be like huge if is because this they really can't prove the fact that it's not a commodity and the fact that it, it, it I feel like this is going to be huge. And Andrew, I'm coming to you here, but before we do, I want to read this for our listeners. XRP users can now use their MetaMask to custody their XRP. And the reason this is taking place is because of the Ripple the uh, Ripple and Ethereum virtual machine being able to work together from the developer sidechain. This is humongous. Being able to store your XRP on a decentralized wallet like the XRPL, which is made on the Ethereum network, this is foundational for the whole industry. But it says, notably, the developers bring Ethereum smart contracts to the XRPL. 
Consequently, developers will be able to combine the robustness of Ethereum smart contracts with the XRPL speed and low fees. Holders will soon be able to access a rich ecosystem of decentralized applications and decentralized financial applications using XRPL. Promising a throughput of about 1,000 transactions per second with low fees, the Ethereum virtual machine sidechain will be a catalyst for an even greater XRP adoption going forward. Andrew Cashflow, we only got a couple minutes left in this episode, but MetaMask, they're now supporting XRP. What does it mean to you? Yeah, you know, that's logical because it is interchain operation. So the Ethereum virtual machine can be used from the Ethereum blockchain side, but also from the XRP blockchain side. And that's fantastic because the same you see happen with FMOS in the Atom, in the Cosmos ecosphere, also together with MetaMask, because FMOS side, you can connect to your Kepler wallet and to your FMOS wallet. So actually, for me, it is a logical step in just getting all these blockchains working together. And that's pretty difficult, but but... As, as engineers and, and programmers, they always find solutions for this. So we already see this with Flare. The Flare airdrop, which is still expecting and coming, also will be on the MetaMask wallet. Yeah, we have the Songbird, net, uh, the Songbird tokens, the airdrop, they are on the MetaMask wallet. The XFi Flare finance tokens on the MetaMask wallet. So you already see a lot of interconnection between uh, XRP. And, uh, and, and, and the MetaMask. And yeah, uh, lo- logical uh, evolution. Thank you, Andrew Cashel. And we're going to close this episode out with an update from MasterCard as MasterCard is going to be helping banks cr- facilitate cryptocurrency trading. MasterCard is launching a program to, li- to let financial institutions offer cryptocurrency trading for their clients. The payment giant will act as a bridge between Paxos, a cryptocurrency trading platform already used by PayPal and banks. MasterCard's program will handle regulatory compliance and security, the two core reasons banks are avoiding this market. And after speaking with retail investors, they found out that a lot would feel more comfortable if those services were offered by financial institutions. So, Johnny, we only got about 60 seconds left. What do you think about MasterCard facilitating cryptocurrency trading? Holy freaking Luya, sweet baby Jesus. I'm so tired of going to make a purchase and my damn card get denied by a user, denied by issuer. Call this guy, call that guy. Put transfer me here, transfer me here, approve this. Oh, it's a freaking nightmare. Anybody who's tried to buy crypto with a credit card knows it's 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 more painful than getting a tooth pulled at the dentist, right? So it's just very exciting to see that this is finally happening. Thank God I'm so tired of these banks declining it. And it's, you know, anybody who's in this early, we all know how painful it is to buy crypto. <clears throat> so it's exciting to see that finally, and I'll tell you what, what was that, MasterCard? Yeah, that's MasterCard. I'm actually going to go out and get more MasterCards and Visa because I'm tired of that bull crap of getting denied. And I want a credit card that's going to let me spend my money on what the hell I want to spend my money on. So kudos, good work to you, MasterCard. Good for you. Johnny Crypto, and this is a great place to end the episode. We always talk about how 2023 is the year of institutional adoption, and MasterCard is facilitating that as we speak. And I want to remind our listeners, the last thing we'll say on this episode is Brad Garlinghouse said, we are 90 days away from the end of the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. We got 241 lab listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Tomorrow, we have Mark Yusko joining the program. So we're going to talk about everything crypto-related. Like we always say, Warriors... Ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.